Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central only on PBS if we got stuck in this studio and we were like either self-isolating or if you know suddenly the pandemic switches and like we're getting zombies it's, it's basically a zombie apocalypse who would you like to be in your posse to kind of save you and ensure your kind of future existence any musicians who'd be your go-to musician in like that kind of scenario is it a case of that the musician can wield power over the zombies or just someone to kind of hang out with and have good uh, hang out with and also a bit handy and resourceful i think connor o'brien from villagers could do a job really yeah absolutely. in what sense do you think he'd be he well he did put out a tweet during the week saying like you know now's the time for us introverts to shine yeah so. then he, w- he wouldn't talk to you <laughs> He'd, he'd be no. like, yeah, you, Dave, you stay over there. Craig, I'm I'll very, very, I'm very charming. <laughs> <laughs> You'd win him around. Yeah. You're like, finally, zombie apocalypse, I've got the opportunity to win Conor O'Brien around. If nothing else, my if nothing else, if there's an acoustic guitar lying around and he's in the mood, I'm getting some good songs. Good. What about you? Big Damo. Damo Dempsey, right? Oh, yeah. No? Like, he would roll ensure your up, survival. Roll up those fucking sleeves, Damo. <laughs> Clean The house. Irish line, yeah. And he's good with a tune. Yeah, he'd be like your kind of the music world equivalent of a Roy Keane in your posse. It's just like, yeah, you're definitely come now victorious. Larry Mullen Jr. Yeah, he'd be handy. Oh, he'd kick and the also, shit out of those He'd be good man. crack, I'd say. Do you think so? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and he'd know like boundary. he'd be good with boundaries. You know, he's been touring with The Edge and Bono for long enough. And, uh, it's gone completely crazy, so yeah. Do you want to do the show? Let's do the show.
Hello, my name is Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 203 of the No Encore Music Podcast. It's a day early because we're recording a day early because I've had to move my life around. Not due to pandemic reasons. Uh, Hopefully things are still not great, but not world ending. I'm here with Craig Fitzpatrick. (laughs) Hello, David. I've also had to move my life around slightly. Um, it's weird doing it on a Wednesday. I feel like, oh yeah, tomorrow's Friday. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Every day feels like Friday now. But it's Friday for you, listener. So enjoy. Hey, I listen. Hope you're safe out there. A lot of people ask about the intro music to the show. That's a track ah. called Move by a man called Bantam. And that man is one of the most humble, beautiful souls in the music industry. One of the hardest working, most generous, collaborative spirit men out there. And a very inventive man by the name of Rory Lynch goes by the name of Bantam, as I mentioned. And that man is celebrating 10 years under the Bantam, Bantam moniker. Yeah. So we send our love. Woo! Congratulations. And, a uh, gem of a man. To celebrate, he's gone and released a new track. This track, here's a little snippet, is called Gully. That was Gully by Bantam. It's really fun. A lovely good. human being. So good. Congratulations, sir. We love you a lot. Uh, Craig. Yes, David. I did not bump into Bantam at the Choice Prize last week that we did go to after <laughs> the show. Yeah, on the running order you've put down helpfully. Hey, Craig, what did you make of the Choice Prize night? Sounds like something I love when ask, you get the yeah. patter down on paper. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell me then? You were there. So I was I. One. I feel like I had a great night but I feel a bit guilty because I finally like f- left the industry full-time and became that industry person that doesn't see much of the music. Like I was kind of catching up with people, maybe not always in the venue. I felt bad. Do you remember like back in the day when we started as kind of young, fresh-faced music journalists, we'd kind of despair at the fact there'd be an industry shindig and like people would just be talking at the bar and missing all the great acts. That was me now, but... It was great. I was right there with you. I yeah. kind of hid in the bar because I wasn't in the greatest of moods. But um, yeah, once again, yeah, you're eventually kind of forced into a room with lots of different people. And uh, everyone was very nice, by the way, which is great. Met a few fans <laughs> of the show and everyone seemed, <laughs> yeah, to put up, everyone, everyone seemed to put up with my jittery demeanour. So thank you, people. Your demeanour was lovely. Nah, I was, was all over the fucking no, shop, mate. I didn't see much acts either. And, but it was good. It was a good night. It was fun. Props to Lankham for winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dahi remains the sweet. best boy of the Dahi's podcast. the best. Yeah, it was good to see friendly faces like to make Hey, David Tapley, still think Tandem Felix should have been in that shortlist, but you whatever. You could go on you and could on, go on and on. Um, Mango yeah. was there. It was a great night. It's always a great night. It had been years since I was there. Um, I'll probably go next year if we're all still around. It is <laughs> pretty fucking intense though, isn't it? What do you mean? Just waiting the for the announcement? Yeah, oh, the schmoozing, just dealing with people. Yeah, but it's not too schmoozy. It's more boozy. I mean, they don't I, feel like people are networking. They're just kind of like, okay, we can unwind. We all know each other. It's fine. Yeah, right? I guess. It's, also, yeah. I mean, I know we're a week late to this, but I will say that uh, props to Louis Walsh for making a fool of himself. <laughs> Westlife won the Song of the Year, which, of course, you know, right guy won for sure. Uh, public voted Song of the Year. Westlife took that one home. And Louis Walsh was there to collect the award. And while he was there, he was asked, who do you think is going to win the album award, the main award of the evening, Louis? And he shrugged and he huffed and he puffed and he said... Probably picture this or uh, Dermot Kennedy. Yeah. Neither of whom were nominated. At least he didn't say Jedward. You know? Um, I didn't see him, like, hanging around. He was probably in and out, was he? 
I'd say it was a quick El Louis run down, get the award, get the photo <laughs> get up, and then, and then leave. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it would, uh, yeah, they need to get rid of that song of the year thing. I think, to be quite frank, I mean, it's a public vote; it means nothing. I know maybe it generates interest. I don't even think it generates interest in the overall thing. Then you've got like Ed Sheeran, an English songwriter, winning essentially because he wrote the song. Westlife not even being there; they're just like you know the performers. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's right probably room for improvement and there pro- probably yes. should also be an award for like, you know, music video of the year as well or something like that. So. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, listen, we're giving you these ideas for free choice music prize. <laughs> Sign us up. Craig there's uh, tons of news this week before we get to that. Yeah. On this show, we'll be reviewing the new album from US Girls and we'll be doing our top five. I kind of, uh, I guess, like underrated hidden gem forgotten about slash we just like them but people don't talk about them enough Irish songs yeah just uh, in honour of St. Patrick's Day Day. there's no parade (laughs) but you get our understated tunes that's Um, coming later in the show yeah looking forward to that one actually I was listening back to my snippets I've prepared and it was it was I was like yes well done you've remarkable taste so I'm looking forward to yours we did kind of fucking book ourselves into a corner this week though so I mean like we'll we'll get there when we get there I have a lot to say (laughs) there's also a ton of news going on like tons of fucking news so let's see what comes up so the first thing I guess to get to is on the day of recording the electric picnic lineup for 2020 is out yeah so uh, I'm just going to go through that now. <laughs> the running order says Dave to consult official poster. And I've done that. I have it on my phone. So are you ready? I'm, I'm going to run down the, the lineup yeah. now. And we can talk about each one, see what happens. I've seen it. I'm not going to act surprised. <laughs> I am going to act yeah. <laughs> very disappointed. Your top five headliners uh, for the already sold out spectacular <laughs> in Strad Valley are Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Snow Patrol. Yeah, continue. The Chemical <laughs> Brothers. Oh, they're back. Picture this. <laughs> Lewis Capaldi. They're your top five headliners. <laughs> you may you may notice uh, a pattern there to some degree. Uh, also on the bill, Annie Mack, Bicep, Foles, Ian Brown. Stop me when you want, Craig. James Vince McMorrow. Yeah, you can wrap it up. Mabel, uh, Rick Astley getting second tier billing on a major festival in 2020. Shouts to the agent. Run the jewels, Skepta. Anna, Dean Lewis, Declan McKenna, Denzel Curry, who we love. Yes. Helena Hauf, I Hate Models, JID, Jeff Mills, Joy Crooks, JPEG Mafia, Little Sims, Lyra, Matador, Paula Temple, Reggie Snow, and then loads more. Sensing a trend amongst those names. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's oxygen, isn't it? Oh, it's oxygen, yeah. Yeah, a bygone. Like, I think people online have already been comparing it to lineups of, of years gone by and, like, the striking similarities. I think in 2008, Rage and um, Chemical Brothers clashed or something, so at least we're rectifying that now. <laughs> <laughs> so This just smacks of, like, we don't care. We have your money. We don't care. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Festival Republic's Melvin Ben has come out with some choice statements, which we'll get to as well. We but will, but hang on, before we do, yeah. uh, Lewis Capaldi, right? Uh, yeah. The man is a ticket machine. Of he, course. Like, it's crazy. Like, like he's you put his name on a fucking thing and put tickets on sale and vroop, goes. So, since the end of 2017, when he played the Academy in Dublin, Craig, yeah. until this upcoming picnic appointment, and he's just done two, three arenas as well, do you know how many times Lewis Capaldi has played in Ireland since the end of 2017? Um, okay, I'm going to go with nine. So I want to just clarify. I want to, this oh, you in, mean individual this, dates? This, this includes support slots. Okay, I'm uh, going to go 17. 17 is what you say. It is more than that, Craig. Go ahead. I'm just going to confirm this now. You said 17, Craig. Yes. His second night at the Three Arena recently, if I have my numbers correctly, would make 18. Oh, shh. So picnic <laughs> will <laughs> picnic will make nineteen, and he's got Malahide Castle, Cork, and Belfast in between that. He's way ahead of me. So by the end of the year, 
he will be north of 20. I believe Nile Rodgers and Sheik are in the late 20s since 2009, and I'm quite certain that the Nationals since 2002 are in the 30s. So Lewis Capaldi's going to outrank them all eventually. Yeah, if all those gigs go ahead. Um, but yeah, he's one of the headliners. Melvin Benham was saying he's he's saying <laughs> in his hype hyping up of the lineup, he very much got into the quantity, not necessarily quality, because he's just like incredible. Five headliners. They've over done this three before. Days. They did five headliners. Like, Picture this: restore it to headline status. They were there two years ago as a headliner, technically. But hold on, what does in. headliner even mean if you've got if you five headliners on three different nights? You're, you know, two of those are only headliners in name, right? Well, it was four last year, five the year before, five this but what, year. But what are they classifying as headliner? They're classifying, like, <laughs> status here. I mean, like... It's just how big the font is on the poster. Yeah, precisely, <laughs> but that's also clearly, like, a, a consideration for the artist. I mean, picture this... Are, yeah, it's probably like, in contracts and blah, blah, blah. Picture this are, like, in bed with MCD, uh, and so therefore they're going to be... There's a picture for you. <laughs> they're, 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 they're being pushed. People are trying to push this band and make them be a thing. Lewis Capaldi sells tickets like crazy. Rage Against Machine are obviously not going to do this unless they're fucking top name on it. Uh, Chemical Brothers and Snow Patrol feel Would you blame them with the rest of that list? <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, this is so uninspiring. And like I've been, I've been kind of complaining about EP for the last couple of years, just in terms of I really feel it's jumped the shark. Well, the I never. This to me should be the I don't want death knell yeah, for people. I, 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 the hilarious death knell. I don't want to go back. I mean, like, like yeah, it's becoming it's for me. more and more each year. It's become bigger and bigger and bigger. It is oxygen. It is like trying to be some kind of mini version of Glastonbury, and I just find it's got no identity and charm anymore. Uh, Melvin Ben is the guy who runs this thing, and you know, have you ever interviewed him or talked to him? I have a yeah, couple of times. Yeah, I've done a few phoners with him just to get kind of, you know, boy-sized quotes. I mean, like, the word arrogant was being thrown around today on social media in relation to some of the comments they're about to go into now. I'll, I'll definitely say that he's very, he seems like a bullish kind of man. Okay. When challenged, he doesn't appreciate that. <laughs> Everything is rosy in the picnic <laughs> garden. Probably litigious. <laughs> so, probably litigious, yeah. And listen, I'm just saying, like, I'm, not, I'm not calling him arrogant. I'm saying that he's, he's a man who runs a festival. Yeah. And he's got the personality to match. So he's speaking to the journalist today at the launch on the Wednesday, and he's, he acknowledged that the headline acts are all male and said that no female headliner is touring this summer, which is I mean, not true. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> also not true. Uh, there are female headliners at Body and Soul and all together now, just to name two Irish festivals uh, as is. And Across the globe, there's plenty of amazing female artists that are way bigger than most of the acts that are topping the EP bill. Oh. He said, we are completely committed to bringing women through all of the lineups, but there is not a gender balance <laughs> ability across headliners generally at the moment. Now, okay, listen, this happens every time there's a festival lineup that comes out. People do the poster thing. People, you know, give a fuck about it. There are a lot of women on this lineup, like like on the poster. Like someone actually did the thing. Yeah, the, what's the percentage? Do we know? I don't know the percentage. I think, oh. I, I think there's like twenty plus. I, I can't very remember. much in number crunching mode. The show I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I just think look, Stato over. This here. is one of those tricky ones where um, I recognize that you know I, we live in a society, Craig, and I recognize that in twenty twenty. <laughs> said it. I've said before, I, I'm not into the idea of quotas, but also the reason that people get pissed off when this happens is because there is a call for that. There is a disparity, and the disparity is voiced. I do find myself being a bit kind of cynical when I see some people on Twitter putting out the same thing over and over again, and I'm like, what are you actually doing to help? You're not achieving anything, yeah. You know, like, it's easy fucking clout in the case for of, a lot of woke boys yeah. out there as well. But listen, um, I think it is poor. I think it's a poor lineup. However, at the same time, festivals are probably a nightmare to put together logistically, a lot of people from different backgrounds and different identities work tirelessly on these festivals and for them for them to see their work shit on like this when they're not the bookers is probably a bit galling. I just don't know. Once again, it's a Twitter thing. I don't think it's going to be fucking solved on Twitter. However, I would agree that for sure more work could have gone into this. I mean, like, why aren't you booking Orla Gartland, for example? This is one name off the top of my head. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not that... 
the like their the headliners are aren't out there. It's not. Yeah, that, it's that, not. It's not like it shouldn't be so tough. I agree with the kind of you know if you're getting into forensic balance and percentages, it's probably not the route to go. But my word, like when I saw this list, I was like. They they must have known, like, even themselves, how bad the PR would be around it from a cynical point of view of just going, you look at that list and it's it's not chocolate. They don't women. care. It's sold out. It sells out the names. It's WrestleMania. The brand sells out every fucking time. Immediately. They yeah. don't care. I, but I feel like this is a turning point, right? Like, this the, is... But why? Like, what's the challenge? People aren't, people aren't turning away. People are still buying tickets before a single act is announced, Craig. Yeah, but this is such a dreary, uninspiring lineup. I have to feel like people are going to be disappointed. I have to. Well, they are. To. Like if you see, this, <laughs> if you see, this. if you see the social media chatter, you see a lot of people selling tickets. But this happens every single year, year on year, anyway, yeah. and it's always fucking stuffed to the gills. Uh, it is very uninspiring because it just feels very like, hang on. I mean, like it feels like a lineup from ten years ago with the top three headliners there, and then picks those and those Capaldi is just like really like. I mean, this isn't special. Even if you're the a Rick fan, the Rick Astley thing feels like a real kick in the teeth to me. As unless well. they're doing it's, a kick you know, in the teeth. Like no, do you know, like particularly with the female thing, because you know you're saying there's not really headliners or even secretary acts that are, that are touring at the moment that can do that kind of thing. Rick Astley, I mean, yeah, fair play to his team. He's got one song that's like semi, like not even decent, like a novelty song. How is he still maintaining this momentum? It's unbelievable. <laughs> the boy is magic. Like, but seriously, uh, uh, do you know what? Uh, okay, this is deeply insulting to him. But this reminds me of like the um, you you know your one what's her name Amanda what's her face Amanda Palmer. Did, no, no, no. Um, the Amanda Brunker. Amanda Brunker. Yeah, who did Oxygen all those years ago? And it's like really you're putting a non-musician on a like big. Stage I was like there, this? Craig. Oh, I was one God. of about How 15 people. What year was that? Was I at that first? 2011? Okay, yeah. I don't and think I wandered over. <laughs> I think, But like, you felt the need. Um, she played for like three songs. Of course I felt the need. I was like, this is going to be a car crash. And it was. She replaced Jesse J. I don't know who, you know, like, how well we did out of it. It's just all. insulting, isn't it? Unless he's slotted in for some kind of legend slot like Glastonbury do on he's the Sunday. He's not Tina Turner. <laughs> Legend slot, Craig. You never, I'm well aware. <laughs> I agree I'm with not you. Sure you are, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's poor. But I I'm just, being harsh on him. But I think it's you know it's he's a symbol of well, all that is wrong. Let's, with the let's continue with Melvin Ben, shall we? Because yeah. Melvin Ben continued and pissed people off <laughs> a lot did. because he said he does not expect to have to postpone or cancel picnic because of the coronavirus. I'm not worried about it at all. I'm full steam ahead unless the governments here in the UK say that we can't go ahead. I'm 100 of the belief that by June, we will be all over the hump and we'll all have forgotten about it, quite frankly. Mound of bodies. And all you buggers referencing the media that went to the fucking launch this morning will find something else to write about. At this point in time, I've got nothing in my head other than planning for this festival to take place at the time that it will. When you put it in perspective about the number of people that could be seriously hurt, I think it's been whipped up a little bit. But it's a great news story. The a reality- great news story. Fucking it's unbelievable. Guy. And then he goes, the reality is that for me, I'm about providing entertainment outdoors until someone forces me to stop. What, is he fucking living in Footloose, is he? I mean, like, ridiculous. Like, the first bit you could nearly go, okay, is it like a lost in print translation thing of like, is he calling people... Bo- buggers is that like a oh yeah you know what's the tone kind of jovial blah 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 but the it gets worse and worse as it goes on yeah he's clearly just one of these old school dudes that's like oh if i say something controversial all the better just out of time this lineup is out of time um south by southwest out of time cancelled 
Yeah, set by Seth yeah. off and like legit fucking sympathies with it's all of the Irish stuff. acts in particular that were due to go over. Some friends of ours as well were among them yeah. and they're obviously devastated. They're out of pocket. Please go and help out Irish musicians now at a time when they need it. Um, yeah, it's it's like this one felt like a really kind of harsh blow because South by Southwest is such a different festival. It's set up, you know, almost entirely to support upcoming acts and provide a boost and future opportunities. And the amount of people that are going to South by Southwest, paying off, you know, their own backs, just savings and stuff, like no insurance. It's just really, really heartbreaking when something like this gets cancelled. I think they've also got a policy of no matter what happens, you don't get refunded whatsoever. Um so, yeah, it's a huge loss. They also laid off at least 50 employees yeah. or a third of its year-round staff. This is the beginning of a thing, unfortunately. I mean, like, uh, Coachella has been moved to Halloween. Uh, Spooky Cella. Did you write called? that headline? I did, yeah. Oh, I Dave, called Coachella Dave, Dave, Spooky Cella. Dave, Dave, you on Twitter too long. <laughs> <laughs> what I, was your last Halloween name? Did you change your handle? Grave Hanready. <laughs> 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 I don't usually do that thing, but I thought, I, had, yeah, I, I can't resist. Um, yeah, we're seeing a ton of stuff, and there's a lot coming. I mean, like uh, th- this podcast will be out before Simon Harris is due to make an announcement on Friday with regards to mass gatherings. By the way, every time I see the phrase mass gatherings, I just assume it's church related, of course. And I'm like, of oh course. yeah, no, it means a public thing. Um, I think we're in. I think we're all in, in, in a lot of trouble in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm trying my best to kind of chill out and be like, look, listen. This thing is happening, uh, but I think that there's going to be a lot more than just people getting sick and dying. Uh, clearly, we're looking at recessionary potential here. We're looking at stock markets crashing. We're looking at massive events being either postponed or cancelled entirely. The economic implications of this, especially for the entertainment industry, is genuinely terrifying. And I don't really know how it's all going to level out. I think we're all just going to have to like, basically see what happens and learn a lot of harsh lessons. I hope that everyone is safe. I hope that society doesn't fucking collapse, but I don't know. I mean, some people are out there being like, ah, it's just nothing, isn't it? Uh, I'm even seeing people... They're the people that exacerbate everything. I'm even seeing fucking people, like, you know, like, obviously writing for, like, a site like Joe and just, like, seeing the comments being, like, you know, uh, this is media hype. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, like, we're reporting on, like, facts that are being given out by fucking government departments. Uh, Now, I will say the constant updating real-time internet news does not help, right? Go on fucking Twitter. does not help. Every slight update. Like, you know, obviously, in years gone by, it would have been, like, you got six o'clock news, you read the paper, and it's like, oh, that was a bad day, and you think about it for 20 minutes and you go on with your day now it's like a constant bombardment it's a huge problem i mean you think back to even like sars for example again you'd read about in the fucking paper as you say uh whereas now i think i got swine flu back in the day i'm pretty sure like i got the flu and i actually did no joke self-isolate around that time so i'm pretty sure i had it how you feeling now okay what like 10 11 years on yeah yeah. uh checking in you know never been quite the same i hit up uh, the health store earlier on i got a lot of vitamins yeah holden barrett was it what a bougie way to protect your health (laughs) there's a guy in front of me in the shop who literally handed over about 150 euro and like was taking a shelf home yeah i was like i was telling you in the group chat um out in leaks up outside the pale uh chaos has descended so my mom had read something on facebook of like the water being shut off and killed air because of like there'll be no water workers <laughs> she was like what's going on uh, the usual facebook nonsense she went out to aldi uh, with my aunt 
and there was some dude ahead of him trying to buy every bottle of water he could possibly manage. I think he had like two trolleys. <laughs> and the girl that was working there was just like, it's not fair, I can't sell you all this water. He's like, it's for, it's for the football team. It's, it's for the football team. The manager had to be called over. I think the manager was like, well, this is the last one. Then we're rationing stuff. I'm just like, what is happening? Leaks up, ladies and gentlemen. Leaks up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's it, there is scary stuff like that happening uh, i will say that like uh, out in leafy affluent castle knock it's all been fairly chill you know i haven't seen anybody I can imagine fight. apart from richard running around with the latest reports <laughs> and it's swear to god i have to like like god bless him i love him but i'm like dude you're scaring the fuck out yeah. of me no th- th- this is the thing it's real-time updates everything is accessible and of course then in, in the middle of it you have like random person who isn't actually a health professional saying i went to the fucking shop the other night man and this guy behind the counter who had this like steely-eyed, like, you know, casual, kind of weird, I've accepted my fate cadence, and a big, thick up an accent. Like, he was just kind of, like, talking to me, and he was like, you know, um, fucking times are, t- times are hard right now, aren't they? And I'm like, yeah, it's not great, is it? And then he just went into this weird thing where he was like, uh, you know, you do the maths, and like, uh, you do the maths. 600 million people are going to die. And I was like, sorry? <laughs> Imagine what I mean, like, you do the maths, and Lewis Capaldi's played her at least 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... <laughs> Is that where you got the number? <laughs> no, this, like this man is like there's a queue of people, and he's like he's got white gloves on, and he's like six hundred million people are going to die, and I was like, what is that figure? And I was like, that's a lot of people, mate. Yeah, that might be the yeah. entire population of the world. <laughs> well, I was like, yeah, uh, would be watched ten percent of the world. Yeah, that, that 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 was his calculation. Like like yeah, his calculation was he's like like, and then at one stage he goes like. You, you might have it right now. And I was like, yeah, I might. <laughs> like, can I can I can I just purchase this yeah, this, this bottle we should of probably stop talking. water, please? But yeah, I don't know. Gallows humor, guys. Yeah, you elsewhere know, we'll opportunity knocks. Um Corn's surgical mask merchandise is sold out due to the panic. Um so they've got a brand of surgical masks. Uh sold out today is interest in the items apparently spiked in the face of growing concerns about the coronavirus. I want one of these. Yeah, I wonder do Slipknot must sell their own masks, right? They must be doing bumper business at the moment. Uh, the unusual merch items were retailing at $10 uh, via Corn's online web store. Though the range was initially released last year, Mobes proved, masks proved to be incredibly popular in light of recent panic. Um, however, fans who are hoping to grab one have been reassured that they can subscribe and be notified when more come in stock, which is like, imagine waiting for that email. Like, times are very much tough. Scientific, uh, scientists have clarified that these type of masks do not necessarily prevent infection. Of course they don't. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's but like you, band but, merch. But you look cool doing it, you know? Yeah, maybe. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I mean, like, have you like have you spotted anything kind of unusual? How do you feel? One like, or two people wearing masks. Yeah, but, yeah. Even, but even just, like, walk, like, getting the fucking bus, like, I'm afraid to cough, you know? Just like... Oh, yeah. There is, like, yeah, getting the train um, earlier in the week. I think one dude let out a cough and just, like, ten heads <laughs> swiveled, accusingly, just being like, really, dude? Really? The train's like... <laughs> it's just like, yeah, there is very... Everyone's on edge. Um, I've got, like, a little cough at the moment, and it's just like, that's all it is, listener, by the way. And okay. it's like, I... Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the bus, and, like, okay. fucking raspy i was like oh no i can't cough and i tried not to but of course that just made it worse and eventually i was like all right here we go but i'm wearing a fucking scarf and i'm like you know taking all the precautions i've seen people just <laughs> you're like, dressing like a hipster i'm wearing a scarf see, i don't know problem. if that's in the this, this is world the, health organization i'm wearing i'm wearing my explosions in the sky scarf right more merch merch will save us people 
<laughs> but dude, I always wear scarves like a snood. That's how I wear scarves. And now I look like I'm reacting. Snood? Snood? It's definitely snood. Okay. It well, should be snood, though. It shouldn't snood. Think about it. But it should be snood. Snood. <laughs> because it's based on hood. We don't say hood. It depends where you're from. Okay, go ahead. So here's the thing, right? I I now look like I'm some kind of like doomsday prepper, but I'm just like no no I'm just pretentious. This is how yeah. I how I do it, man. I saw a guy <sighs> at on least the fucking it's a good bus. luck. Saw a guy on the bus coughing style. and spluttering and not covering up whatsoever, and I'm like that's the fucking guy. Like I'm just out here trying, mate. You know. Do you know what I've um? Be kind to each other, and I mean that, not in the bullshit social media way. Don't fucking turn on each other during this thing, guys. That's yeah, a big thing here. Well, maybe we'll move on then to actual specific music news and the talk of um being kind to one another. Post Malone's had a bit of a, a tricky kind of week uh, that is thankfully not coronavirus related. Um, our first story related to Post is um, Mark Wahlberg saying that he tried to warn him um not to get more face tattoos from personal experience. Um, he said he tried to warn the musician against getting too many face tattoos right before Post got a buzzsaw on his cheek. Sorry, was this before or after Mark Wahlberg blinded a guy, was it? Um, yeah, he also warned him about attacking uh, helpless, um, I think, homeless Vietnamese people back oh, okay, in the 80s. okay, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Paragon yeah. of virtue, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, he has regrets, um, which, well, he should. Um, but he was saying, yeah, I had... Oh, he's talking to... James Corden on the Late Late Show, so another thing he should regret. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he had a rough uh, upbringing, obviously, in Boston. He said, I had like eight Sorry, or nine... Where? Boston. 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 I can't do the Boston accent. Can you do Boston? Boston. Boston. <laughs> I had like eight or nine, but all the way around my neck, my stomach, my arms, my back, my leg. <laughs> I feel like this is basically me leading into a leave Post Malone alone. For right? sake, this whole thing, this guy gets bullied. He like. really does. And he seems like, like it, it, there's another story where uh, Post was recently talking about um, his face tattoos and he thinks they maybe come from a place of insecurity. There's constant quotes of him saying, oh, you know, I'm just an ugly dude, blah, blah, blah. Uh, everyone kind of seems to be treating it as a bit of a joke. I feel like if he was a female artist, uh, quite rightly, this would be treated as a huge pile-on and complete bullying and objectification of a pretty talented musician. What's also really, really weird is that Post Malone generally seems like this humble, softly spoken dude who's just going about his business. Unless there's like a dark side that I'm not privy to. Well, he has has his own personal demons, right? Because he's had, he's struggled with kind of um, substances to certainly drink, I think. He had to also so during the week, um, come out and tell fans that, like, no, I'm in the best you know state I've ever been in because I think he was kind of dragging himself across the floor of the stage at a recent gig. He's had his own issues. Well, I mean, with regards to any kind of malice or oh, hurtful yeah, intentions towards no other people, I don't think he's like that at all. And you've even seen, I remember seeing him on like Jimmy Fallon before and everyone was like, oh my God, look, he's saying thank you, sir. The man with the tattoos on his face. Yeah, like, I mean, so what the fuck? 2020, like, like, like... this is, yeah, it's like going to the circus in like the 1800s or something, you know? I mean, like, there was that article in, I think it was the Washington Post about a year ago. Yeah. Which was such a fucking Hideous vile stuff, takedown yeah. piece. And like, listen, I've written takedown pieces. You've probably written one or two yourself. You're generally in a nicer music journalist than I am. Uh, yeah, there's been a few. Probably. Sons, do you remember that? Yeah, the stripes for me and loads of others. But, but I, loads of countless others. If I've ever like gotten personal, it's because I fucked up and I was like growing in, as a writer and I regret if I ever did that. I mean, like I'd like to think that, you know, having evolved as a human being and aged a bit, you know, like there's just things you don't go for. You can criticize someone's appearance based on the image that they purport if they're like part of this kind of package thing. But like attacking Post Malone based on how he looks as a human being is fucking gross. And that article that did the rounds and everyone was like sharing it being like, this is so well written. It's a masterpiece. And I was like, no, it's not. Not only is it overwritten anyway, it's just fucking yeah, it cruel crap. and nasty cruel, for no yeah. reason. And listen, I know, I know I often rag on people and I fucking dunk on people, but like, 
I try and do it in a jovial way and I try and do it in a critical way and yeah. I just think Post Malone is not a fucking yeah. force for evil and give the guy a fucking break. But also, like, sticking a camera in this guy's face after, like, Mac Miller died and, like, all this kind of stuff. It's like, we're gonna, like, you know... Drive we're, him to the same position. Precisely, like, and then know. turn around and be like, oh, how oh, fucking martyr, sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, What he could have been. Like, yeah, I picked out um, one quote where he was speaking to GQ Style, which I, was, I thought was kind of concerning. Um, because it says he joked about his appearance um, before talking about the deeper reasons. He said, I'm an ugly-ass motherfucker. Um, I think the t- tattoos come from a place of insecurity. Goes on, he says, you know, it's not right, I got a face for radio anyways, so why not? So just kind of on the defensive, making a joke out of it. Kind of feel for the guy. He's like, actually, it happens uh, to Lewis Capaldi as well. There it does, was, yeah, and really... he is forced to kind of make joke of it as well. Yeah, and um, like, that shouldn't be the case. Like, I mean, like again we're like oh isn't it annoying that like all of our celebrities look like fucking unrealistic like aspirations yeah. of how human beings should look and then when someone gets famous who looks like your best mate it's like well fuck you yeah yeah, yeah. very much so anyway um, what's lay going off on? post what's going on in Vietnam Craig <laughs> um, are you on TikTok no I'm in my mid 30s <laughs> Yeah, we had a session in work. Um, a guy from TikTok came in to explain it to all of us because, like, I think they're starting to introduce advertising and stuff. So it's like how brands can be big on TikTok. Um, something's gone viral on TikTok. It's not coronavirus. It's the Vietnamese government song uh, about the dangers of coronavirus. So it's a new health PSA um, that is kind of being picked up. So essentially, the thing with TikTok is, it, like, it was initially a music-based app. It's pretty much. It's like Vine, essentially, which... Were you on Vine back in the day? I wasn't Vi- on Vine, but I'm aware of what Vine yeah, is. Yeah, Vine, you know, Libby, you're making was, me sound like Libby my, was incredible on it. You're making me example. sound like my own father now. <laughs> I'm aware of what these things are. I just think it's incredible that the government made a song about washing your hands uh, to prevent infection and... Because it was coupled with what is being described here as a genuine club banger, um, which is the song Gen Co V, which is based on the melody of a V-pop hit. Um, it's gone insanely viral. It's racked up nearly 700,000 views on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure if they have the exact numbers for TikTok, but it was one of these kind of hashtag challenges. It just seems weird to me that like they managed to pull this off. But fair enough. I suppose I, everyone is obsessing over the hand washing right now as well, right? Oh yeah, there's so memes. We've all been doing memes that. galore, yeah. I've, I tired very quickly. What was your point where you're like, oh, I'm done with this? Now. Oh, after like the second or third one. Yeah. I was waiting for, has you probably seen one with this because it seemed like the most obvious one. When people started moving away from actual song lyrics. And putting in. Yeah. Did yeah. you see? Eamon Dunphy. Oh, is that one out there? Yeah, it's out oh, okay. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for that to pop up. And then there's one of your man, like the League of Ireland fan, you know, the guy. Oh, yeah. And of course yeah, Celtic. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Some of them are genuinely funny, but now it's every time I even see the fucking, the start of it. And I was oh, seeing bands like New Order being like, here's our version i'm like fuck off like stop doing this <laughs> i love for new order you did the voice of like barney <laughs> I don't they know obviously what. have a barney in the band but barney the purple dinosaur babar the elephant or something i don't know oh, what yeah, the fuck yeah, going that's for there, yeah. but um uh, <laughs> that's that's what i see when i see this clowning do you have Oh, just earlier, right? Like, but no, I, I don't before I came, either, before Craig. I came to the studio, I washed my hands leaving work. Right, good man. Yeah, and um, I've been much more like noticing other blokes in the toilet washing their hands and length of time. Right, <laughs> I had headphones on and I caught myself walking out. The dude behind me was like, gave it like the most cursory, like on and straight off. And before I caught myself, I just went out loud. 
two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? I didn't look back. I had headphones on. I don't know, but I, I did not mean to like just fucking flame on him like that. But bathroom, I was thinking it. Bathroom policeman. Do you have a go-to song? No, I don't. I, I thought about this. I, dude, I just count to 20 like a fucking... I don't need... The chorus to Africa is the one. Okay. Just sing that next Someone time. Someone did uh, number one, Tinchy Strider, but I would obviously... Is it the chorus? Is the chorus 20 seconds? In the middle eight. Is that 20 seconds? <laughs> I didn't... I'll give it a go tomorrow and report Craig, back next week. I'm not going to lie. I've, I, I don't stand there and, and time it. I, I, I have an intrinsic relationship with my hands in which I believe <laughs> I can just... <laughs> They're attached to you. <laughs> <laughs> They've gotten me through a lot of things, you know? Uh, I've, have you ever, did you ever think about that, by the way? Because, you know, like, we need our hands... <laughs> Did you get high before the show? <laughs> you ever just sit back and think, well, my hands, I mean, I'm no. kind of controlling them, but also, am I really? <laughs> Have you ever thought about if, like, say, a tragedy were to befall you and say your hands got, like, chopped off by a vengeful serial killer? Okay. And you're like, well, that's the end of me because I'm a writer. Like, I'm a writer. Yeah, I used, yeah, used yeah. to play drums. I, I need these things, you know? You'd have to do, like, a my left foot and learn to. Like, like write if, if, that if, way if you or... had to lose a limb. You could do voice activation probably now, or certainly in a few years, right? I feel like writers could maybe get around it somehow. These I feel days. like it would be a really annoying process, though. Wouldn't it, it would be a hugely annoying process, but yeah. I don't know if it would be the end of your career. Um, um, yeah, that would be a tough one. Um, what I was going to say, though, was we mentioned earlier on in the show, uh, Orla Gartland, I mentioned her name. Yes. She did like a parody thing during the week where she like presented like about five or six different kind of takes on a coronavirus song and mm. she did them like different genres and you know kind of like obviously like silly lyrics but like they actually all sounded really fucking properly good and everyone was like oh my god please do this that's and she's annoying. like no and go that away happens. that uh, happens a lot with Michael Fry where you're like that sounds like a real song yeah yeah it was pretty <laughs> good so Vietnam right yes um, Vietnam has other things to deal with at the moment yeah Dahi O'Droni over in Vietnam oh, he is <laughs> They have it under control, thanks to TikTok videos and like Vietnam. Yeah. I think has really handled it quite oh, well. When he I went believe, in, he right? told me that he had to go through like three temperature checks and a whole physical. Like, I mean, yeah, passed with flying, pass flying colors. Of course, by the way. I mean, he's um, from the west of Ireland. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what that means. It's a pristine human being. <laughs> so uh, this gig will have or will be happening by the time this episode comes out. So I feel like I can probably mention it. And also, I don't think anything's going to happen. I don't, I don't think any Vietnamese authorities is going to listen to the show and then like shut him down. But he sent me a photograph of a poster of a gig that he's doing, right? And oh God, this isn't going to be like a North Korea job. Where no, no, like, no, 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 no. Um, but it's like it's a poster of him looking dashing. I will say, of course, kind of a dashing man, wilder, floppier hair from a couple of years ago. And uh, and under him it says live music event. <laughs> I'm just seeing this reverse with song. Dahi Dash, a, a musician. musician. <laughs> 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 Three hours out, by the way. Verify to him. Uh, yeah, Three just clarify. He is in fact a musician. A musician. So there you and go. how? <laughs> <laughs> Another musician has been quite thoughtful this week. Nick Cave was explaining his thoughts around um, changing old problematic lyrics when um, a fan put the question to him. Have you seen many of his kind of dispatches um, on his website? This red hand file thing. I've like, just it's seen actually the very stuff good. that circulates when like he writes back to fans and stuff. And yeah, like he puts a lot of thought in. Um, they're really consistent. He's obviously an excellent writer. Um, the fan asked, do you ever feel the need to change lyrics when performing live, which may be problematic in 2020? Uh, for example, I don't know, I'm not going to stop point me reading out one. Are you happy to reserve the lyrics as a product of its time and respect the original content? 
Um, in a lengthy post, um, just to kind of briefly sum up, Cave replied that these days some of my songs are feeling a little nervous. They're like children that have been pl- playing cheerfully in the schoolyard, only to be told that all along they have had some hideous physical deformity. This is kind of like a tread with Nick Cave where he always talks about his songs as being outside himself. I noticed a lot of kind of artists do that as well. It's just like, oh, they just kind of came to me and once they're done, they're like fully formed their own things out in the world. Um he essentially says that, yeah, do you know what? Perhaps we writers should have been more careful with our words. I can own this and I may even agree. However, we should never blame the songs themselves. Songs are divinely constituted organisms. They have their own integrity. As flawed as they may be, the souls of the songs must be protected at all costs. Okay, kind of flowery stuff. But I think he's right. Like, I do not want us to get to a stage where people are changing up, like, their old songs. Do you? It's like that Simpsons guy, Chili Peppers. Hey guys, oh, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. the network's got a problem with some of your lyrics. Want to hug and kiss you? <laughs> he's like, he's like, <laughs> he goes, uh, maybe you could change it. No way, clown. Uh, <laughs> our lyrics are like our children, not happening. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, you got this lyric here where, you know, you're saying uh, what I got, you got to get and put it in <laughs> here. What if it was what I'd like is I'd like to hug and hug kiss, and kiss you, you, which hey, is actually that's much better. <laughs> in the current climate, is kind of problematic as well. I mean, you know, you're just going to spread disease. That's true. Yeah. Now you mentioned the Chili Pepper, so maybe some of their lyrics could be erased from history. Oh, I think a lot of songs by the most. You could erase if you erase the. Uh, don't, Nick Cave. Nick Cave has that famous quote where he says, "I'm forever." He was asked about the state of music in I think 2005 ish, and yeah. he said, "I'm forever standing near a radio saying, what the fuck is this garbage?'" And the, the answer, answer is, is always, always Red Hot Chili, Chili Peppers.' peppers. <laughs> and they're back. He's got to be on the bucket list of people you'd love to interview, wouldn't he? Yeah, Nick yeah. Cave? He's an absolute gem of a man. Um, but yeah, he's always really considered around these kind of issues about separating um the art from the art artists as well are you kind of in agree with agreement with him that yeah i mean listen i mean i think we get to a stage where you're kind of just whitewashing the past well, context, right? context like, is everything yeah. I, I i'm never on board with people who are like that western didn't treat that woman very well i'm like yeah there's a reason for that yeah you know it's context like, is everything uh yeah to kill context to me is like a really, really bad idea also Dangerous. by the way um sorry you mentioned them um, you know like hugging and kissing being quite dangerous at the moment do you remember a couple of years ago when i put myself in a self-imposed kissing ban for the entire summer I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah, because you got strep throat? No, you got, what did you get? You got mono? I got mono, yeah. I'm not sure if that was the reason, though. I just Keep remember being touch like, with the lucky lady. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> you brought it up, mate. I didn't bring up that element Are of Are you things. really claiming that you were ahead of the curve because you got mono? <laughs> Oh, I love you. I love Don't you come too. near me, though. Uh, I love you too, buddy. Uh, let's, do our, right. let's do our album review. Yes, Later in the show, we'll be doing our top five, uh, Craig and I's top five uh, Irish hidden gems slash underrated songs. Uh, but first, an album review. Uh, critically acclaimed artist by the name of US Girls. The album's called Heavy Light, and this track is called Overtime. Craig, who are US girls and how many of them are there? <laughs> oh, we're doing this, are they? Well, funnily enough, they're actually a Toronto-based act. Um, kind of, uh, I keep using this term, I'm not going to use her song this episode, but musical vehicle for uh, Megan Remy, who is actually a United Stater. She's from Chicago. Um, she kind of kicked off her career releasing off-kilter uh, tape 
dispatches um, before gaining a bit of popularity. We talked about uh, Grimes' new release recently and 4AD. Um, I guess you would say US Girls are another act that 4AD can be proud of in the kind of experimental pop genre. Um, so her first release for 4AD was um, Half Free. It was kind of striking odes to everyday women um, along the lines maybe of um, our own Maya Sophia's um, Bath Time, that kind of vibe, quite different musically. Um, it was really her last album in a poem unlimited that personally bowled me over uh, 2018. It got glowing notices across the board. I mean, instantly likable, daring, um, like revenge is a dish, best served, catchy, clever and disco-fied, um, like politically and kind of um, pop, musically literate, arty, bags of influences, but I guess deliciously kind of skewered in her own way, uh, all with like a joyous snarl. If you're looking for a touchstone, maybe over here you might think of like a Roisin Murphy, um, but maybe with more US alternative influences. I do think like if Lou Reed was still with us, um, US girls would make for like a perfect date night with him and Laurie Anderson. It's in that wheelhouse. It's like an evening of poetry recitals and off-off Broadway musicals that are actually not terrible. Um, So in terms of this record, um, Heavy Light, the singles have all been kind of bangers following in um, the footsteps of In A Poem Unlimited. Actually, a lot of fans are saying now they're not disappointed, but slightly wrong-footed with the overall content of this record because things are becoming a bit more dialed down. There's some resignation, meditation. Um, When we reviewed Soccer Mommy recently, I said, you know, she opened for Bernie Sanders. So this is her like concept album about the fall of capitalism. Um, This might be closer the mark, to be honest. What did you make of it? Well, I mean, first of all, not to double down too much on the sound-alikes thing, because, you know, like, it can be annoying for any musician of anything. However, I found it extremely hard not to think of Kylie Minogue repeatedly when it comes to oh, some of the... Yeah, Jesus, man. And so, there is the disco kind of time, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, yeah, that kind of honeyed, kind of elastic band type thing going on. Yeah, uh, just very kind of, um, I guess, conventional in a radio-friendly kind of enjoyable way to use a very basic term um yeah this one kind of wrong footed me too um you mentioned the kind of the buoyancy of the singles i guess and even like the opening track which i think is a very very clever song for american dollars yeah. which is that kind of you know very sun-kissed very summery very lilty vibrant movement thing and it's about basically being fucking broke and <laughs> destroyed by capitalism kind of isn't yeah, it yeah and it's kind of like anti-cashless society as well it's yeah. just like which yeah. you know now you more than ever you know? for american dollars don't, don't use money guys it's going to spread that infection right round um, yeah but I, th- I thought that was a really clever opener um, but also sets up an album that I kind of moves in, in, in weird ways I've often compared records to three act plays and this one kind of feels like it feels like an overture throughout it's yeah. very like uh, worthy but not I don't mean that in a negative way like it feels like an academic text at times it's very dense for an album that is quite easy on the ear sure uh, she throughout is a very magnetic kind of pinball uh, the way that she kind of saunters around this thing. It is an album of movement. It is a record of, um, I think, it's it's very written. Like, I mean, uh, it's like almost deceptively so. Yeah. There's a lot more chapter and verse here than I kind of initially realized. I did think I was settling in for this kind of surface level poppy thing. And those elements are there for sure. But there's definitely a lot more under the hood. I don't know how effective it is always. There's this kind of framing device every now and then where mm. you have uh, <laughs> a, a, the chorus. You have like, like, like again, the play like. You have the kind of the chorus of people kind of uh, looping over each other and stuff like, what would you say to your teenage self? And 
you know, what was the most hurtful thing anyone's ever said to you? And I don't know this for sure, but I feel like she probably contacted her mates, some of whom were probably theatre actors. It does feel yeah, a bit too theatrical for me, even though I think the sentiment is fine. Um, I kept waiting to be blown away by this, maybe influenced by the roaring reception for the previous album and this one also getting similar similar rapturous yeah. notices. I think it's very elegantly constructed and very, very impressive and very, very strong, but I didn't love it. Had you were you familiar with the previous record? Like, where, have you gone back, or are you going I went to? Because I will say, I, it you, didn't. Again, it didn't cast its magic okay. spell over me at the time. I thought it was good. I think this is good. Yeah, I will say this definitely doesn't top uh, in a poem unlimited for me. But I do appreciate the kind of swerve. Um, I think like her consistency is kind of remarkable as well. And it's definitely at the very least like another. There's another clutch of songs here to add to a future kind of best of. She's quietly amassing this kind of you know stunning body of work. The interludes definitely lose me. Um, so you know playlist Craig over here. I'm immediately dropping those. Um, like I think the press release says, you know, the album finds Remy casting herself as lead voice among a harmonious multitude, as you said, the singers of which not only lend her voice. Um, I think, you know, at its best, the record works as this like art collage of plastic soul and like white funk and colliding sometimes with, you know, even blue collar um, E Street Band stuff, particularly lyrically. Like it is a very American record. Um, I think even Clarence Clemens' um, nephew Jake plays sax on it at one point. So at its best, yeah, it really works in that way. At the worst, I think on the interludes, it does veer into like art college project. Like it lays it on way too thick. Yeah. And I, I really like the sentiment because it is all about like kind of amping you up and we'll get through this even though societies, you know, everything, like the, the odds are stacked against you. Probably not going to get out of this, but, you know, just stick to your guns kind of stuff. But I actually feel like the songs and the lyrical content get that message across really really well yeah and in a kind of clever nuanced way whereas you she's trying to drive a point home which i don't think is necessary it got a bit fucking upper middle class at points didn't it it got oh, a bit yeah, it, it is it, it definitely it, has that theater thing it got of, a bit it got a bit of home record for me well there's once there, twice. there's one particular moment where i think one it's you know um the advice to your teenage self and one of the voices says um that life um <laughs> life isn't short it's actually long and i'm just like that's magnolia you're just stealing a quote from the film <laughs> Magnolia probably without realising but it's like sent out there as kind of like really you know uh, this epiphany profound, of so, yeah, yeah, yeah profound but the songs the songs the songs are great the songs are great um, yeah. and she's a tremendous uh, band leader she's a tremendous kind of she focal is, point uh, and I believe this is the first time uh, around she's recorded completely with a live band she says it's kind of it ended up being a bit of a glorious mess and it definitely doesn't have as much of a considered feel as her previous I think stuff. it's a bit too polished in that regard Oh really? You think? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 but then again, I mean, like the idea of not that she is a solo act, but I guess she is. You know, this is her project. I always prefer things to be a little bit more raw. Like, I mean, I'm always in that instance because I'm just so used to immaculate production when it comes to a big kind of front-facing poppy record. I mean, I'm okay with a bit of fucking grease, you know. Yeah. Do you think she's clearly like a huge student of music and pop culture, and like there's so many different in influences here even at times she, she like interpolates other songs like there's a garage rock you know 1960s song reworked there's kind of nods to the Ronettes there's a lot of stuff worked in it sometimes shows like it seems like she is trying to balance both like learning the rules and breaking them all simultaneously and it feels a bit maybe overwritten at times like may or if not so much maybe slightly too clever clever for its own good I think I, I can see why it might uh, rub some people up 
the wrong way. Although I'm all here for Clever Clever. I think it's masterfully done the way she does it. I'd agree with that to a degree. Yeah, I think she keeps the thread. I she think does. She manages to kind of knock it too overburdened by it. It doesn't quite become Father of the Bride or anything, Craig. Where it Best becomes, album of last year. <laughs> where it becomes Check it out, folks. <laughs> way too self-indulgent for its own good. Uh, you just hate country music. And then I find myself thinking about the Maggie Rogers record, which is, again, immaculately polished and produced, and there's some great songs on there, but... Does it have a lot of heart and soul? This one may have more of that. Um, I think, like at a, the same time, yeah. going back to it did. I mean, like it's inviting, but I wasn't clamoring to return to it. I don't know. There's something missing for me. <clears throat> okay, that's interesting. I think usually, even if like a melody's running a little flat, like she picks and chooses her sounds quite well. She is quite captivating. It feels like she approaches music almost like she's constructing a comic book. Like there's exaggerated emotion, but you're getting to. Um, you know, some, I guess, fundamental truth through all these kind of influences. And I think songs on this, the likes of, you know, an IOU, which is very stripped back. It's just like her at the piano. It's almost like a Lana kind of torch song is really, really effective. And I love that central conceit of, um, as a pep talk, it's just like, it wasn't your fault you were born. It's just like, you know what I mean? It's just like the game is rigged. Um, always remember that, like, you didn't ask for any of this, so just do your best. And I think that's really, really effective. That's why I then don't need the advice from, you know, your teenage self type tracks. But when she writes something like IOU, you're like, okay, this is one of the most kind of inventive and also um, empathetic writers out there. So, yeah, I think it's overall a, a big success with some flaws. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like at its worst, it it, it really kind of straight into twee territory for me, which I never. You think twee a little bit? I think over there time, is whimsy over, to it. Over time, like, there's whimsical strings on it, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, Dave's gonna hate this. Over time is uh, to borrow Craigism. Over time <laughs> insists upon itself. Uh, <laughs> well, that's an example of her clearly going like, "I'm doing a pastiche of yeah, this kind like, of music <sighs> I love." Nah. But she's like she's subverting it with the li- is like, she though? This is a song about like a functional alcoholic. Essentially, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I listen to the <laughs> too lyrics, cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a bit like it's, I listen to the lyrics. But it's just a bit like <laughs> I listen to the fucking lyrics. Mate. Fucking lyrics I know mate. a song about a functional alcoholic. Right here. <laughs> You're not getting that past me. I don't know. It just feels a bit like oh, I've heard it all before in some respects. She's very compelling, but yeah. I don't know if the songs are good enough. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it an eight. I think it's a success. Um, it's it will be in the shadow of the last record for me. But you know, there's interesting things in the shadows. Check it out. Okay, vampire Craig. <laughs> so listen, um, this week we're doing our top five kind of. We want to shine a light on some Irish songs that we feel, for one reason or another, maybe don't get enough love now. Uh, I put out the call for this on Twitter and I got like well over 100 responses, some of uh, whom put in like four or five or six songs at a time. So uh, someone did make the point that this should be a season and not just one episode. And that person was correct. So what I will say is, once again, I need to stress that with the top fives, which, by the way, we've gotten some really fucking lovely feedback on so far. Yeah. Particularly Craig's People- breakdown last week. <laughs> breakdown or break up? <laughs> yeah, but you redefine my... you, you the word breakup there. I, I've seen a lot of people out there saying, actually, do you know what? You were dead right about Rhythm Divine by Enrique Iglesias being a hugely motivational song. Um, I feel like video, I've enriched so... people's lives. There's video out there of me finishing. No, there's no video of me actually finishing it. Although I do have uh, a shot of that screen if people need those receipts. Okay. But um, yeah, it's a deeply empowering song and I didn't have a breakdown. <laughs> but yeah, legit. Thanks for everyone who said nice things about the top yeah. five so far. It's been a joy to do them. Uh, sometimes we write ourselves into a corner and that's kind of what's happened 
this yeah, week because we have there's to be, so many fucking songs and also we have to be us and not just go with a straight yeah like, our greatest Irish I need to stress time. that yeah. like these are five songs that came to me these are five songs that came to you we yeah. don't know each other's lists as ever and also there will be a time in the future when maybe we could like make a project out of this so what I am saying is thank you to all the fucking responses I got go to my Twitter at Dave and literally go to that thread because I saw a lot of people even saying stuff like oh I've seen some songs say I've never heard of before yeah. a maybe lot of the songs put together a playlist may something. not feature but, but I mean like here's the thing right I mean like oh, loads of them aren't on Spotify same, yeah this yeah. is a problem like, like, as well, in yeah. my list uh, three I think of my five aren't on Spotify so I can't give you a Spotify yeah. playlist but all I will say is that listen this is us dipping a toe this is very much like here's what I came up with here's what you came up with in the handful of like four or five days yeah this is not a definitive fucking, you no, know, I'm power ranking. This, list. <laughs> this is just what we got. So don't get mad, okay? Okay. Like kick off? Yeah, please. At my number five, this is Whipping Boy. Okay, so that was my number five, uh, Twinkle by Whipping Boy from the album Heartworm. Heartworm. Um, This is my one choice, which I feel, I was like, is this underrated enough? I think this might be the biggest song that I have, because at the time, and the reason for me picking Whipping Boy in general, was like, they're the next big things, they're going to have a breakthrough, they're, you know, they had appearances on the likes of Jules. Um, Heartworm came out in the mid-90s, they kind of were... Um, sonically doing stuff um, akin to, I mean, you could look at like across the RC and Radiohead were releasing the bends, and you could kind of go, oh, okay, they're on a par at the moment. And then for Whipping Boy, I think there was label problems. Um, the follow-up record never got released, or when it did, it was in, I think it was in the 2000s. Not many people listened to it. It got to like something like 80 on the Irish charts and they just went nowhere. Um, but you can hear from a song like this, which was the opener, it's just bags and bags of potential. This one of my favourite Irish songs across the board. Stack it up against the likes of your U2s and your Van Morrison's, blah, blah, blah. I think there's, it's not might be kind of top five of their songs. It wouldn't be one of the one or two kind of hits, but I think it showcases um, complexity of emotion they could get across, the kind of real surging courses they had, um, that very kind of darkly tinged thing to their sound. That's such a wonderful, addictive song. Wonderful band. Yeah. One that I think an awful lot of Irish people very much cradle to their chests. Yeah, and, that's the thing. Well, I know what like, you're saying. I know what you're saying. I mean, like, because like, even like, you know... It's the potential that's, let, yeah. Let's reference Hot Press in a good way for once. I mean, I remember seeing Heartworm was, I think, a topped one of these, you know, like the most underrated, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And it's always up there. Um, Irish Times, you know, like, like other polls, like books that have been written. They're not really referenced in terms of even... I think, I think Irish music... And I will say from listening back to a lot of recommendations from 80s and 90s Irish bands, I was kind of underwhelmed with some of the selections. I was like, I think Irish music has moved on to a much better place. I don't. Th- I genuinely think we've never had more talent and kind of diversity of sound. Uh, so I don't think you get many Irish musicians now going, oh, we want to sound like Whipping Boy. Do you know what I mean? They I feel do like think, a though, bit that, buried, I do think though, that production, like when you compare a lot of Irish albums from this time, I think, you know, obviously like you had to make do what you had. Yeah. 
I do think the Weapon Boy manages to hold up from a this is pretty lush from, from right? an audio like, yeah, point of view. Yeah, yes. I mean, like that's it's like my, often like my buddy Valentine levels of beautiful fucking haze, very like like intricate musicianship in this band. And again, I I I guess I love saying this about songs that aren't traditional radio songs, but pop. Like like I can is, see yeah. Weapon Boy is a pop band. Yeah, and it's addictive. Like I kept going back. To, highly influential. I mean, like, like you're saying, like you don't know about bands say who it would. I I think, I think they remain quite influential. Really. And I guess I mean, like, listen, even like not to be too spoilerific from my own list here, but like I I do worry that I fell into a bit of a genre hole and. Again, which I think is easily done with these kind of songs. Do you know yeah, what I mean? like I did notice recurring patterns, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, there's there's definitely a few lads with guitars in my list here, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was conscious of this, but I also didn't want to just fucking you know let's go tokenistic for the sake of, course, of it. Of so I was like, let's just go with my gut and let's just see what comes out of it. But you like, no women, do you? <laughs> do you? No, it's a sausage fest. But here's the thing: I think that says a lot about what Irish music used to be like, though, right? <laughs> I'm just We're saying, just reflecting the culture. Like, if I may, uh, yes, dive, may. dive out of this fucking us. grave for a second. Grave hand ready. Uh, I would say that I don't think it, you can dive out of a grave. I'm doing it. <laughs> Watch me dive. Watch me dive. Watch me dive. So it's, it's again, like a whipping boy lyric to mention a certain Irish band that are uh, talked about all the time and talked about on the show quite often. I just feel yeah. like the, yeah, hold on. I was but, thinking this, but well. the idea of oh, there's just no good guitar bands and finally go like fuck right off because that is not true. It has never been true. There are so many Irish guitar bands who were fantastic at what they did or still do in some cases. And this notion of just sweeping all these acts away? Are you kidding me? And Whipping Boy, like, I'm sorry, Whipping Boy, like, Fontaines aren't fucking fit to yeah, lace I was, Whipping Boy's I was fucking thinking, boots, When mate. I was listening back to Heartworm, I was thinking, you know, when we reviewed Fontaine's DC's album, I, you know, in my positives, I was saying the kind of, when they slow it down, I know, I know you hated those tracks, but I was like, oh, there's something there, like, there's kind of potential. And I think the potential when they slow it down might be to sound a bit like Whipping Boy. That's what I want for <laughs> one DC. Fair enough. Uh, my number five, yeah. by the way, I guess, in the spirit of the Electric Picnic lineup, here's Snow Patrol. Just for a minute, the silver fork sky, let you up like a star. I'm going to get in so much trouble. Do you think? Oh, yeah. People are going to be like, what the fuck? Well, do you know what? Like, um, that song. Tell us what song is, yeah. So this is part one of The Lightning Strike, <laughs> which is the fucking like three-part epic that closes, I think it's 100 Million Suns in 2008 at the end of the record, yeah. buried at the end of the record. This track in particular is called What If This Storm Ends? And I was kind of previously unaware of it until one day when Brother Josh, friend of the show, showed me like this like music video that somebody made way back probably even like yeah around the youtube kind of infancy of a japanese wrestler and they put the snow patrol song over and i was like what song is this that's fucking amazing um listen snow patrol are not underrated and they are not underground and they are not a hidden gem the electric picnic line proves this but this song if rick astley's in this list <laughs> oh get irish grandparents <laughs> this song this song is a fucking stormer this song is like really powerful really big and booming and brassy it's conventional as fuck i love it and i'm happy that to have it in my vibe i think it's a legitimate like 
gee yourself up like it could have gone to most motivational like it's a real fucking running up for some fucking steps type thing i think it builds extremely yeah well. i was gonna say it builds i think it well. leans into the bombast all like i'm not like i'm not i'm neither a snow patrol uh hater nor a big fan i i think that they do have some great songs i think this is one of their best well, i sorry I, I, last thing i'll say on this is i flitted between this and somewhere a clock is ticking off final straw but i figured it was too more well known but that song is fucking unreal yeah do you know when I they think, want to be they're a good band i, I think it, you know you could have picked snow patrol but where where the real like indie hipster points would have uh, you know been lying was in the pre final straw stuff of like well actually they were struggling act for ages and if you go back to their early stuff no I'm leaning so into I, their I, that's uh, what I, I yeah. applaud you sir for going for a 2008 that's release nice. yeah. I remember you kind of um, part making one of a three part like, yeah I was yeah. pleasantly surprised <laughs> and it's that album was like I don't think it did much business relatively speaking for them right because they're such a sizable act it was kind of produced by Jack Knifley who I usually have massive problems with because I think he just I don't know he puts everyone in a kind of Ziploc bag in terms of sound but there's this has great dynamics a great build a good song good choice and my number four is we talk about um, people being in a boys with guitars avenue for a long time in Irish music I think this might have been a bridge out of that it certainly seemed a bit revelatory for me when I was a teen um, this is Simple Kid Yeah, Simple Kids, uh, my number four is Drugs, uh, that's off SK1, um, and I think Kieran McFeely, this is another pick in terms of uh, someone, I'm sure loads of people know where he is, but where are they now kind of thing, because he had a kind of huge impact around about 2003-ish, I guess, um, Corkman, I think he was UK-based at the time, might still be, but just gave us two kind of very inventive albums that were lo-fi, but like big on ambition. Um, the Irish Beck, they used to call him. Um, and like he did get some kind of um, international note and acclaim, played a few shows, and I just feel like he then went away. Um, I think actually after the first album, he when he came back for the second record, there was a good bit of time in between and he was telling journalists that he had like the stress of being well known was too much for him and he'd gone to work in like a video store. I'm not sure how true that is. Probably not the best career move either um, as they all Hey, I've worked in a video store, mate. (laughs) Yeah, you're not still there though. Um, If it was socially acceptable, I would. And if they still existed, I would. (laughs) But they don't. I think he arrived at a time when there was we were smack bang in the midst of the acoustic cardigan military industrial complex nonsense right so you had that stuff going on obviously a lot of talented people in that but it was a bit much the whole kind of Whelan's crew and it was alongside quite meat and potatoes bands um, revivalists and this was just a breath of fresh air Um, really inventive creative guy I love this song because it kind of marries what sounds to me like Rory Gallagher's kind of take on Out on the Western Plains, so quite almost Irish um, trad stuff, but then with these kind of huge orchestral stabs and synths and, you know, undercut with these quite playful um, lyrics. He just had bags of talent and he should have be he should someone be someone that's still around producing a lot of music. I don't know, like he should be 
alongside Jape. I don't know what's going on. Maybe people can inform me. Maybe I'm way out of the loop. Do you know? Well, on this, uh, I don't know. On this very <laughs> podcast feed, by the way, uh, we, myself and Kieran McGinnis from Delorantis had a project called The Revisit, in yeah. which we would look back on old Irish albums and try and like do a Choice Music Prize style thing. People who know what I'm talking about and enjoyed the show will probably also know that we never finished it because life got in the way. Kieran really wants to finish it. I think too much time has elapsed. We only have a few episodes left to do. The point is, if you go back and search the revisit in your no encore fucking thing, you'll find a bunch of episodes. Go back to the, I think it's the 2003 episode. I had a round table and on that round table, John Barker of Totally Irish, 98 FM, was there. Stephen Byrne from Golden Plaque was there and the two of them almost got into a fist fight about Simple Kid. Wow. For John Barker, Simple Kid was like this perfect encapsulation and personification of his kind of, you know, early 20s or whatever, like, you know, his kind of like studenty days and, you know, just living a, a nice loose life where Stephen Byrne was like, <laughs> where Stephen Byrne was like, this is the worst shit I've ever heard. So I've seen people like Dan Haggerty be like still playing Simple Kid on his radio show and 2FM yeah. and like, I think, I, for a lot of people. I think he is a touchdown for a lot of people and I think he's also quite divisive for a lot of people. I personally quite like what he's putting down for sure. He's this strange kind of, like you know, Irish little mystery or something, this this enigma. It was at the time he arrived, right? Like it was, in, he was totally operating in a no man's land. I still am I haven't quite sure how he got, maybe I guess he was more in tune with stuff in the UK and uh, the US, so like why he got those kind of notices. And I think, I remember, I think he played the likes of Conan O'Brien. It was just weird. And he was a bit, yeah, slept on here and then nothing. Um, so come back, please. Definitely divisive, but I very much liked him. Your, your pick, Dave? Yeah, good chat, man. Number four for me. You thought, Craig, I had no women on my Bravo, list. How sir. dare you? I won't trumpet Bravo. myself too hard because <laughs> that's the end of that. Um, that band is Cowboy X. The song is Gabby. Do you know Cowboy X, Craig? No, I actually don't. That's my Let's first see, song here. Here you now. go, right? Uh, and this song came up a couple of times when I put out the call, and rightly fucking so. Someone in particular said that it, like, if the, an Irish band were ever featured on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack, this is exactly what would be on when they would walk into the bronze or something, and I fully agree uh hot press our old stomping ground described this band as myspace sensations that was in 2009 two years before i showed up to put the world to rights over there um an entertainment.ie profile from 13 years ago it goes into quite some detail what i'm trying to say is craig i don't know if they escaped the 20 tens i don't think that they did there was a bit of hype about this band very kind of post grungy kind of stuff somewhere in the garbage vein i guess you might say post grungy <laughs> 2010s <laughs> yeah they redefined it um yeah there's not a ton of information about this band they were kind of before my time which is interesting because i feel like if i had been caught up in this wave oh, so are you time, you ca- i've come to this late yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 i've taken education on this nice. one uh, i think louise britain was the first person to kind of put this on my radar and I, I refused to learn and i was <laughs> and i was like where did this come from how the fuck did this pass me by and i've been listening to it pretty much on loop for the past 24 hours um it's very by the numbers in the dave handready likes that kind of way you know like yeah, angsty yeah, yeah. kind of 
grungy down-tuned guitars a good vocal performance um yeah like it was it was i felt it was important for me on this list to kind of try and find a hidden gem of my own through the help of people yeah well, from the very start <laughs> <That's interesting. laughs> yeah. well, sounded great no i went back and forth in this you one you should have gone crate digging <laughs> I, went, I, I went back and forth this one because i've got, got a bunch of honorable mentions a lot more elasma guitars well, I, you can't mention them uh, i refuse to allow you and i was like a lot, uh, a lot of one, friends that are going to be this very one annoyed but no it was it, it was fascinating to then like to like just try and like do some do some proper journalistic research on this band and find that there's just not much i think they are a reflection of this kind of you know pre- uh, pre-fucking 2010s like the MySpace era where it's like you try and go back now and so much music is gone so little stuff is archived Betcha they're on breaking tunes they are on breaking tunes or, or some kind of weird pre-amalgam of breaking tunes and again you try and click on these websites that don't exist anymore so they seem like a kind of a decoded message from a different time and the song by the way <laughs> one, long one more time <laughs> you go onto YouTube and look up Gabby Cowboy X it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a banger it's a it's gothic a Robert banger Robert Johnson at the crossroads decoded message for- <laughs> It sounds like a banger, though. Good choice. Really good banger. choice. Yeah, we yeah. need some gothic bangers on this list. Okay, um, my number three. Listen now. Did you play this a bunch in like Leak Slip when I would crash in your gaff? This sounds. I feel like, yeah, this was one of my go to. Big Craig had a few off, drinks. Yeah. Um, You've definitely yeah, sang it a bunch. Nost- <laughs> a lot of nostalgia. And I guess Simple Kid didn't do enough because around about 2008, I was still very much listening to this kind of music as well. Um, so yeah, that's Highs and Lows. Um, the Laundry Shop, who I think rose from the ashes of Angels of Mons, who didn't last very long at all either. Um, uh, kind of centered around, I think, Stephen Robinson. Um, I remember back in the day reading Hot Press and they do their Hot for whatever. I think it was Hot for 2006. And Angels of Mons were one of their shouts alongside the likes of Jove. Do you remember Jove? They um, they collapsed and then rising from their ashes was Roy Seven. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. What's Roy Seven's big song? We Should Be Lovers? Oh, yeah. The video We for Could that Be Lovers? Hilari- we Could Be Lovers. The yeah. video is hilarious. It's, What's the video? Oh, We Should Be Lovers. We're being told it's We Should Be Lovers. So it's just um, Paul Walsh um, being cheated on, but with some <laughs> like clearly out of work actors just doing a overacting job so it's a your average key west and lots video. of kind of um lingering um vanity shots of him he's a handsome man i interviewed him once I mean? over the phone and he was still handsome there you go <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's a good line people will, will probably know this because it was used in an ad for discover ireland i was say or falcha ireland it was like one of those i think that's maybe the ultimate fate for a lot of um alternative Irish bangers, right? It's just like get a bit of like get some decent Irish ad placement. Get on an AIB ad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this was rinsed a bit in those terms and it not diminished whatsoever. This is one of those ones where I don't really not to sound like cold, but I don't care so much about the band or I didn't really seek out an album or any of the side projects or kind of wish that they were still around. It's like this was enough for me. 
It's a great <laughs> this song. This is a one night stand choice, is it? <laughs> when we're talking underrated gems, obviously you can't pick the likes of, you know, um, Girl from Mars or Teenage Kicks. This is like an underrated yeah, version. Spoilers from like that. Okay, so you, you didn't care about the album. It was all about the song for you. I've never even heard the album. <laughs> okay, right. Well, I'll take you back to, uh, I think it was the year 2000, Craig, in which a young Dave got the bus to Dublin and bought a few things, including a copy of The Sims a mobile phone, a Green Day album, and one other album in which this was the opening track. That is, of course, October Swimmer by JJ72. Now, you might be like, but Dave, they got a major label deal. Belter. They're not underrated <laughs> at all. This song isn't on Spotify, and that, for me, is enough for it to qualify. <laughs> Fucking amazing song. Yeah. Still holds up. You might have problems with the guy's voice. I can totally no, understand that. No, I like the that. voice. I like how it soars. It's kind of like, it, there's definite Muse vibes. They're like and Muse Billy Corgan, if, yeah. Yeah, Muse if they didn't read Jim Corr's um, conspiracy posts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I have been in love with this song since the first time I heard it, and this takes me back to MTV2 and you know top 30 hits and you know having to buy a CD having to get on a bus and go to a capital city and yeah. buy a fucking Do you remember, CD not in this case obviously but you remember buying a CD and then being disappointed about it and oh, trying man. to make it work I mean like nope <laughs> I once bought Surrender by the Chemical Brothers now in fairness it's a great record and I was I was foolish but I didn't like it and I tried to bring it back to the shop and get a refund <laughs> and they wouldn't give me my money back and it was a sad day I, I had kind of the inverse of that and I learned to love it <laughs> I went to HMV in Blanchardstown when I was about uh, 12 or 13 and I bought the first Mars Volta album and when I went up with my money and my CD, the guy, very nice guy behind the thing was just like, this is kind of a bit out there, man. You can bring it back if you don't like it. And I'm like, no, it's grand. <laughs> it's a very good album. I did oh, not bring it's it back. A bit out there. He loused in the comatorium. <laughs> so, uh, J72 were very much kind of, I mean, like I wasn't too au fait with the Irish music press when I was a teenager but I mean I gotta assume there was some hype behind them and there was some money behind them and they were gonna be the next big thing a three piece who wore all black and looked shit cool Mark Greeny yeah Hilary Woods who of course is making kind of interesting gothic music under her own name yeah, these days put out some good stuff and Fergal Matthews I think was named the drummer who I believe lived near me in Drada so uh, you know he's a local celeb um, I, I just adore the operatic bullshit of this song I think it's fucking wonderfully angsty and melancholic I think it's a wonderful mini little symphony uh, the drums are incredible. It's it's a perfect kind of indie rock angst ballad jam thing. I've been honestly I've said it already, but like I've adored this since day fucking one. I think it is their best song. Snow was a shout. I I thought about snow maybe you know, I, but I just was like, nah, it's it's October Swimmer. The fact that it's not on Spotify is a fucking crime. Can someone please sort that out, please? Yeah. We should start a few petitions, right? Because, like, a lot of this music needs to be up there. I don't know why it's not. It's a crying shame. Okay, I see your angst, and I raise you joyous abandon with my number two. Chain on, put the chain on 
Craig, there was a brief moment during my uh, my thing where I was like, I might put put the chain yeah. on. Wait, hang on, I don't need to. Yeah, it's, it's going to be on Craig's on Craig's list. Craig's it actually was a last minute thing, to be honest, because it seemed so obvious. So obviously, that's the galaxy. Would the put mighty the chain on. fallen galaxy. Yes, yes. Put the chain on. Opening a song from the club. Um, I think the best thing they ever did. I was. Absolutely addicted to the song. Dude, I'm still this song did a number Brilliant. on you. You, yeah. you were mesmerised by this and continue to be. I remember you having I a serious moment with this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love that album in general. Um, they worked with your man Eric um, Braukek, is it? He was essentially DFA's in-house engineer over in LA. But it just lent their sound this kind of real, um, kind of tactile weight to their synths and stuff. And they those are just monstrous synths. Um, I think it's uh, Mick Pope's best ever vocal performance. Like we talked about Damien Dempsey earlier. If Damien Dempsey was in like some dystopian uh, Dublin and he was working to retire replicants, he would sound like this. It's Damien Dempsey meets Blade Runner. Um, I think it's spectacular. I feel like somehow this was released and like whatever put out into the ether, Tom Cruise was like inspired to go back to Top Gun. It's a great song. You uh, love the lyrics too, don't you? Yeah, it just works. Like it's over the top. Yeah, it just totally it's, works. It's they sell it so yeah. well. Like it's it's provocative. Gets the people going. <laughs> and I also felt yeah, I like I had some songs floating around there. The Fionn Regan one, uh, David Kiss that I just thought were stepped on. But I was like, I'm not going to go on a list of our songs. Pure like acoustic, <laughs> thoughtful nonsense. Let's you know, let's put the chain on. It's a. <laughs> <laughs> Masterfully done, Greg. It's oh, it's it's a fucking glorious, glorious sunset like, belter. Mick is obsessed with LA, and you can hear that in every pore yeah. of this. No, it's transcendent. I mean, the Galaxy were all have this reputation of being like a great live a band. live band. This is the thing. I yeah. don't think they get their dues in terms of some of their not when they got songs like this, which is yeah. like, and listen, yeah, full disclosure, we're friends with them. But at the same time, who gives a shit? This is an unstoppable belter. Yeah. It's so so good. I love that you love it so much. Yeah, I love it's that. great. It instantly <laughs> cheers me up. I remember the summer it came out. I was I was listening to it. Every Every lunchtime, probably still not pressed, probably still like, I need to get out of here. And it was just, yeah, it was great. Transcendent. Yeah. Kavinsky esque, you might say. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to take you back to 2003. Here's a bit of a jam. That is Future Kings of Spain. The song is called A Place for Everything. Yeah. It is the opening track from their self-titled record and actually a bit of an outlier. I mean, I remember fondly, I remember like kind of a formative part of my youth was there was a record store in Drada, which you would go down some stairs and it was this basement shop and it was quite small. I bought like, you know, every fucking new metal album I ever bought, I bought in that thing. And the guy who ran it, uh, he would let you like listen to like, you know, the first minute or two or whatever of a CD that you were thinking about buying. Uh, which was an unusual thing to do. You couldn't go into your fucking, you know, high street retailers and do that. So sure. that was a cool thing. I threw this on one day because I liked the cover and I it took about 30 seconds. 
of this and i'm like yeah mind this it's right up your street but then you bring it home and like that's kind of an outlier i mean like those vocals don't really come back that way i mean like some people suggested uh future kings of spain when i put out the call for this uh they suggested venetian blinds yeah that'd which be is, the, f- the kind of obvious choice i think not obvious, but it's a but, glorious you know, it's a great song, song as well yeah. yeah it's very ash like that yes, one it's yeah. like the third track i think your starlight is great as well i think it's a terrific album they're a band that you know have gotten their due a little bit in the kind of later. They like always remind have, me of Phantom. Like they were constantly on rotation on Phantom and kind of people that were in the know and around that radio. They were an exciting were, band. Yeah, like, they I mean, really were. Was, with a shit ton of potential. I mean, again, it's just kind of, I think they had a second album that took a long time to get made and it just, you know, I think there was some acrimony involved and it's just, it all fell apart, basically. Uh, this is a tremendous record. This is a, like, a, and this song, A Place Where Everything Is a Real, like it's fucking two minutes, 12 seconds long a total shot of adrenaline and I've never gotten tired of it. And I just remember very, very fondly where I was, you know, kind of fucking coming to the end of my school run and, you know, buying CDs. And school my run. school run. <laughs> With your three kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just like, this is a, yeah, it, it's, it's, it comes up a lot. I mean, I think people who remember Future Kings of Spain and wanted the best for them will always go to this and like it is maybe an obvious shout but one I could not not have in my top five it's a cult no joy way. for sure yeah definitely uh, deserving of its place as for my number one place can then, I yes, guess go ahead. okay well, am I going to guess or am I going to hint um, is the band does the band have three letters in it maybe <laughs> take it away <laughs> That is Why Do You Come Here from Hal Trills, What About You? Um, that is taken from their <laughs> second album, which arrived seven years on from the first and promptly did no business whatsoever. Um, this is not on Spotify. The album isn't. I want to start a p- petition to get it up there because it's glorious. I love their debut as well. I always thought, and actually have a soft spot for the Trills. I think they wrote some great songs, but I never quite got why Hal weren't a bigger deal. They had, you know... Glorious Harmonies, I think a bit more songwriting now. They've some absolute gems. And this was like, I thought, oh, this is it. They're back. They're going to do some business. This is going to kickstart their career. And, you know, BG's thing in full swing. I loved it at the time. I think you loved it at the time. No one else seemed to talk about it. I remember you raving about this because yeah. you interviewed the singer when that album came out, right? Yeah, I did. Um, Dave Allen, um, two brothers in the band. And he, like, kind of the first thing I was asking was like, where have you been for seven years? And they're very, like, laid back dudes from Kalani. They're almost, like, hippie-ish. They just love 60s uh, golden sunshine harmonies and their old record collection. And just doing the songs whenever they come to them, they didn't seem, like, that stressed about kind of career aspect of things um so he didn't really have an answer for me um and i guess yeah they put out the second album didn't really do much they probably didn't do a huge push themselves promotionally and they just got on with their lives and i think um we're kind of worse off for it but i remember you playing me this song and being like Dave, this is legitimately one of the best songs I've ever heard. And I was <laughs> it's like, one of the fuck best off, Irish Craig. Songs I've ever heard. It's an amazing song. Great. You mentioned earlier on, like, we were talking about the Choice Prize and, like, people kind of hiding at the bar and not going to see the acts. Didn't oh, Yeah, I remember. There guys. was a Hot yeah, Press yeah. night. The uh, Hot Press had, I don't know if it was. It was their, a yearbook launch, I think. Yeah, it was definitely a launch. It wasn't and like Leaders the of Men, showcase. who nearly made my list, were on yeah. that stage that night. Who else? Della Rentos. Della Rentos, yeah. And right off the back of. Um, 
fucking what was it Lil Sparks which was just like they had a clutch of incredible songs and Hal and who else I I can't remember if there was a fourth act but Hal were there and I remember us going in specifically like we were, we were there for most of it but I remember us watching the song and again I was like only half the room is paying attention to this less than half incredible yeah. fucking wonderful soaring song why do you come here and it's yeah not on Spotify <laughs> like I what's annoying is that like I really wish we could put out the playlist this week, but we can't because half these fucking songs aren't available. So, I mean, I guess what we'll do is maybe we'll put out like an actual printed list or like some yeah. band camp and YouTube links or something. Cause like, it's just annoying to have to try and compile these songs to some kind of weird arcane tape cassette. But yeah, this song is like, what, like less than a decade old and legitimately one of the best yeah, songs 20, 2012. I've ever heard. And yeah, it did nothing. Just sank without I, trace. And like, you know, um, Play the Hits is one of my absolute favourite songs as well. Um, that did do a bit of business. Um, I think it ended up being used as like the team music for, is it the Matt Cooper show? Or it's like some Today FM slash news talk show. So I'm hoping they get a bit of cash from that. But everyone, I guess, knows Play the Hits. It even had a music video um it was produced by edwin collins um the great man from orange juice and his own solo stuff i remember he picked that on son of dina regan's um show talking about like the songs of his life or something he picked that song i remember being so blown away in the car i was like oh my god he's playing hal i like tweeted out edwin collins playing hal it's fantastic and he promptly said yeah, yeah i produced it <laughs> i was like i should have known that but he was like lovely about it he was like yeah the lads were great so so talented blah blah, blah shame nothing else came of it and i was like yep bang yeah. on edwin edwin collins always knows a band in my number one position who are 10 years gone we're going back to the myspace well again this is my number one song It's just goddamn irresistible. That's new amusement. The song is Jamboree and great band, great band name, terrific song, fucking unbelievable. Yeah, like, how was that not taken even I at know, that point? New it's amusement, like it's fucking perfect. <laughs> like it rolls off the tongue. Uh, so interesting enough, right? This is the Bandcamp version. It's taken from an album called My Captain that came out in 2010, and unfortunately, the band didn't last too much longer after that. Um, I remember interviewing them in college, and Frankie Whelan from the band actually, after interviewing them, wrote me a letter wrote me a fucking letter on like pen and paper craig okay i was like that is like the nicest thing in response to a thing that i've ever written that still probably 10 years on is the case how many pages were in this letter two pages yeah Uh, i think i still have it somewhere back in my old you didn't say (laughs) (laughs) no no it was succinct and and very nice beautiful yeah it was a gorgeous thing to do but they were very thoughtful young men and the band were really really good so i mean like the version that you heard there of Jamboree is the only version that exists at the moment. There was a demo version prior to this on their MySpace for quite some time because that's how it used to work. Mm. And I, I actually, if I'm being brutally honest, I actually prefer the demo version. There was just something even more, even though, of course... You I know, feel that way about so many songs. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. Even though like it sounds that much more tinnier, it sounds that mu- much less polished... There was just the reckless abandon. You heard it there in the kind of riffing and the kind of that, that's the kind of the kick in. The build up to this song 
and I think I'm actually going to break from tradition if it's okay with you and actually play the song in full for exit music this oh, week, yeah, which, why not? which we don't it's, it's do. Paddy's day, yeah. Going but I want to, but I really want people to fucking hear this one because to me, when we did this list, this was number one immediately. Like I'm sure Hal was for you. Yeah, it was, was like yeah, this it was is number one immediately. There's yeah. no nothing can get in the way of this. It's just this list exists for me to fucking pimp this song, and I mean like <laughs> it is so good. That's they, a show for you. <laughs> pimp my song. Pimp my song <laughs> <laughs> with Dave and Ready. It's just. I think it's I think it's maybe the perfect encapsulation of the shit that we would see you know like like that hot press would have you know that tries to parrot every week where it's like the 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 belief but the actual and golden plaque but the and actual the rest <laughs> and stage come on you're the, all complicit Irish music industry <laughs> there are no innocent bystanders yeah. fuck you Nyler Nine just kidding not Nyler Nine is great people so here's the thing but what I'm trying to get at here is the romantic notion of a bunch of lads uh, or girls I know that this list is way too male heavy yeah. I know I know this but like a bunch of people getting into a garage and just you know after school or in college or whatever and just like working on tracks together and trying to escape the world there's an unbelievably wonderful infectiousness to the song it's skyscraping it goes so many different places the intro is such a long build and then when it kicks in you're just like oh my god this is just perfect like it's just perfect and it, it is strange though that like and I am I'm actually trying to track down that original demo and hopefully it can be resurfaced again. They had a lot going for them. The songs like Gone to Sea and Shocks as well, which, you know, can't find Shocks online anymore. Mm. You can find the new version of Gone to Sea, which again, I prefer the first version of it. I just love the the kind of nascent innocence of it all and the kind of the promise, you know. In, yeah, in, in which, Craig, I did not fear the promise of winter. <laughs> Five-star song. I, I song. wish they had been huge. I don't know why they weren't. And this is always yeah. the question, isn't it? But then, like, what, what are the percentages of acts that actually make it and how many of those are actually good? Yeah, That's fair, yeah. It's a grim business. But this, but this song, to me, is the, like, this is the sound of summer days with my friends. Well, this, Hands out the back garden. Know, like, it, it, it's, it really is, like, better times and beautiful nostalgia. And it could be, like, you know, you can imagine it being a two-door cinema club with more heft, kind of. Do you know what I mean? Like, this could have been a fucking monumental hit. And it it should have been. Yeah, it really yeah. fucking should have been. Yeah. And instead, it's propping up my list. Well, you know, there's no bigger accolade than this top five. So I hope you're happy, everyone. Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It really got me got me going. Okay. I'm enjoying these top fives, I must say. Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed doing them. Um, and yeah, and if you're listening and you've got any of your own shouts, um, tweet them at Dave, tweet them at the show, at Nora Encore Show. I'm Craigie Slane. And yeah, get involved, get chatting because... Get chatting. Get chatting. Get yeah. chatting. Get pattern. What are we doing next week, Greg? I don't know. We might go something maybe... I don't know. We've, we've definitely got a big dock that we're working from. We might veer towards the movies. Yeah. Do you want to do that thought. one? Do you want to do that fun? one? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I've definitely got a few. Okay, well, I, 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 here's what we're going to do next week. All right. Well, next week, we're going to do our top five exit music for a film, bracket S, close bracket. So, yes, what that is, is... All Radiohead songs. <laughs> <laughs> top five uh, end credits, like like when you're watching a movie and it's a good or a bad movie and it hits the credits and boom, there's a song. That's what we're doing. Yeah, five of those. Yeah. I'm now gonna... I, I I want to talk criteria. Maybe okay, we'll yeah, discuss yeah. it next week. But you know, I'm happy to discuss it now, mate. Okay. All right. <laughs> so if a song begins while the movie's still playing, we're allowing it. Uh, yeah, sure. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An yeah. amazing song is on the credits, but it's like when you're on no, the no, fucking right. second yeah, tune, no, 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 like no. ten minutes into the. <laughs> no, no, you know I mean? no, the shout no, no. Outs that no, no one is waiting for except it, the people that are. Here's on. the criteria: it can start up as the film is fading out. You yeah. Know, 
and it has to be like when it comes up written and directed by that's where it has to be playing it can't be track three it can't be I, I know then you, you know what we're losing I know what you're thinking you're, you're thinking uh, yeah we're, we're losing Kiss from a Rose by Seal I don't think we should do it that <laughs> it's gone I know you, but the week after we'll do top five Seal songs yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah. and it still won't win you're thinking um, what, what? I, I, Crazy by Seal is no, no, without no, no, question no, no, his best song 100% Craig, no we, we are, we are getting seminal. off the track okay, sorry, here go ahead, go ahead. I know that you desperately want to have Sleeping Awake by P.O.D. from The Matrix Reloaded on there <laughs> but I'm sorry it can't happen No, right. this has to be integral to the film integral and the ambiance of what you might say and the narrative its own character well, you know you that's might. what you might say I think getting this down to five is going to be hard as well it will be hard yeah I'm already complicated as it is It'll have fun, you uh, this episode of No Encore has been I would say not just engineered but tolerated by Sonic <laughs> Architect Adam Shanahan we adore you sir <laughs> through the glass <laughs> have you been listening to anything else this week um, yeah I actually was giving a few spins to Plastic Beach it was the 10th anniversary of the Gorillaz album I think it's the best thing they've done um, the last few bits and bobs they've released have not captivated me whatsoever um, to the point that I'm just like, I'm not sure this side project is working for Damon Albarn. But that is a brilliant record, uh, really inventive, still holds up. So I've been listening to that. Uh, there's a new Jessie Ware song, um, Spotlight. It's fucking good. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, she never really disappoints. I saw an interview with her where she was talking about um, how she almost quit the music business. She was like re- reliving this moment, I think two years ago, where she's like, I'm at Coachella, talking about Coachella. Uh, I'm 33 years old. I'm singing about motherhood and tumbleweed like the worst thing ever she goes my mother was there and my mother said quit darling Jesus which is like what <laughs> um, luckily she hasn't quit and that's a really good song and I can't wait for the album I've been listening to Lancome, obviously in the wake of their Choice Prize victory, a deserved victory, as I said last week on the show when I sounded, I sounded like I was on coke last week in those drop-ins. I want to clarify, I was not. <laughs> I didn't even find you to record those. So I, like, I, 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 I was looking. You were gone. I, no, I was not gone. I went looking for you and I missed you. Okay. Yeah. You were chatting to uh, Sarah from Pillowqueens, I believe. I was. We had a great chat, yeah. Um, we should have recorded it. Maybe we shouldn't have, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I've been listening to them. I've been listening to Health, because Health are one of those bands that like now feels like the right time to really get back into Health, as they oh, wow. all their <laughs> yeah, end-of-the-world apocalyptic synth doom, which has been enjoyable, and uh, a bunch of playlists, really, which has kind of led me down back to some old songs. When it comes to the apocalypse, are you leaning into it with that kind of synth doom, or are you going to go... See, I think I'll go the other way, and I'll be like pure Beach Boys and Hal. Oh, no, I'm going full-on like industrial noise wave yeah for sure but there's also okay for example i've also been rocking a change is gonna come by sam cook oh what, what a, a song. song that is up there with hal's <laughs> in the best songs all you, you, you might say it's slightly better <laughs> yeah. but yeah anyway you might. well let's let's close let's with some exit music which we don't really do much anymore but like i say i love the new amusement song so much that i want to play it in full this song is called Jamboree. The band were called New Amusement. My name is David William Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be no encore, and we'll be back next week. Love you. Stay safe.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central. Only on PBS. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.